Hey everybody, Francesca here reminding you that I will be in Sacramento at the SAC Punchline on Sunday, March 17th at 7 p.m. with none other than Matt Lieb. That's right, we are co-headlining. It'll be super fun. It is St. Patrick's Day, so I guess we're all drinking, maybe? Anyway, get your tickets. There should be a link in this description, and I hope to see you there. Um, uh, also don't fall for phishing emails and, uh, who killed Epstein? Someone here knows. Okay. <laughs> Fuck <laughs> chat. Well, hello there. Hello, 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 hello. Welcome to the Bituation Room Podcast Live. Once again, I am your host, Francesca Fiorentini. I hope you're good. I hope you're fine. I hope you're healthy and all masked up. I hope you've made every mask coordinate with every outfit that you own. Uh, I don't wear pants anymore, so that's fun. I was looking at my jeans the other day just going, why? Why? We have such a good show for you guys. Uh, So, so, so good. Uh, Jason Carter and Dallas Goldtooth are here. You're going to find out all about them in just a moment. We are going to talk about uh, Veep stakes and the fact that Kamala won it. We're going to talk about the DNC. We're going to talk about climate change and indigenous rights uh, and stopping pipelines and keeping fossil fuels in the ground, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we're going to talk about probably the president, probably the post office. It's so fun. It's so fun. Uh, and I just a little shout out to our dear Nato Green, who is going to be back don't worry, he's fine, he's good, he's keeping well, he's drinking, uh, but he will absolutely be back on this show because he is a part of it and we love him to death, so he'll be here. Oh, we're also gonna have our one minute DNC speeches, our convention speeches because AOC is only being given a minute on the floor. Uh, what would you say in that minute? We're gonna give you what we think. So let me bring in our guest. Uh, he has been a cast member of the Emmy Award-winning RuPaul's Drag Race, as well as a host and correspondent for The Young Turks. You've seen him as a journalist and host for Entertainment Tonight's new digital platform, ET Live, and he currently produces his own interview series on IG Live called Jason Unleashed. Please welcome Jason Carter. Hi, Francesca. So good to see you. So good to see you. I love Jason Unleashed. Does that mean, like, normally you're on a leash? Like, kind of, like... Uh, well, no, it's it's a it's the proverbial leash. It's, it's the man that had me <laughs> leashed, and now I'm unleashed because I'm no longer a slave to man. Just kind of had to get real deep with it because you know racial Ooh, tension in 2020. No, Jason unleashed Francesca is just me being able to be candid and what like what we're doing here. Talk about some stuff with some people unadulterated. So you're you like it's a metaphor, bitch. I'm like, okay, I get it. No, I totally get it. But like, also very good pivot into some. Uh, BDSM OnlyFans. All right, we'll get to that later. Um, uh, our other guest uh, is a Native American comedian, organizer, public speaker, and as the national Keep It in the Ground campaigner for Indigenous Environmental Network, the Indigenous Environmental Network, he focuses on uplifting and supporting frontline indigenous communities, fighting fossil fuel extraction on indigenous lands. He co-founded the 1491s, an all indigenous social media group that uses comedy and satire as a means of critical social dialogue. I love that. Uh, he's also a Dakota language activist and cultural teacher. Please welcome Dallas Goldtooth. Boo. 
Hey, everybody. Hey, what's going on, Dallas? I'm so happy to be here. So happy. It's been a very long time since we've spoken. It, it's uh, Paris. Remember Paris? Remember Paris, remember Paris? That sounds so bougie, uh, but it's true. Hey. You guys uh, always have Paris. We yeah. would always have. It was like before sunrise or be whichever one is set in, in Paris before sunset, whichever one it was, but like with a lot of like uh, corporate greenwashing polluters around. Yeah. And like. Sounds so romantic. Happy. It was very. Oh, God. Romantic. It was. It was. Yeah. The sparks <laughs> flying everywhere. <laughs> it was cold as hell. The Eiffel Tower was like enshrouded in fog. It was ominous. Yeah. But Great. it's good to have you here, Dallas. Um, so yep, happy. So happy. So, so, so fucking thrilled to get into everything that's been going on. And we start off uh, every habituation room, you two, with the same, same, same thing, which is asking, what are you bitching about now? So, <laughs> you like that? Ah, you like that? Leveling up. That was an interstitial for all the future people uh, who are listening out there in the ether. Actually, time out. For all the people listening, give this podcast five stars. Rate it on iTunes. Do the good work. Leave us a, a lovely review. Also, we are donating a portion of the tips that you all give us because this show is all based on all of your support to uh, an organization called Reclaim Our Vote, which is a campaign organized by the Center for Common Ground in Virginia, reaching out to millions of voters of color in voter-suppressed states to make sure they're able to vote in upcoming elections. Just a little bit of critical work of like being able to cast your ballot, et cetera. Uh, tip us TBR-Live, TBR-Live on Cash App, TBR-Live on Venmo. Sorry, you two. Uh, you should bitch about the fact that Francesca didn't do that announcement earlier. Dallas, let's start with you. Okay, what what are you bitching about right now? It is a Sunday. It might be hot as balls where you are. It's hot as balls where I am. What's going on? I am annoyed at the fact of how much I'm turning out like my dad. <laughs> it's something that we, we I think every person tries to resist at some point, or a good amount of people try to resist as much as possible. But then every now and then you get to an age, a point where you're like, you know what? I am turning out like my parents and I don't like that, but yet I understand why they are the way they are. Sure. You, know? you get the mania. Like I understand, <laughs> I understand the power of just waiting until 3 PM to watch Jeopardy with a bowl of popcorn. How satisfying that seems. That's I feel I'm old. Like I'm getting older where I'm like, that sounds comfortable. I wore my first um, knee high socks yesterday Ooh. in a long time since I was like nine years old. And they were literally my dad's socks because I didn't my, my socks. That's a long story, but somehow I ended up with my dad's socks. I literally put them on, and that was the transformation. Putting <laughs> on my dad's socks, I became my dad. So right. it happens. You got it in that moment. And now I have transformed. And you it doesn't like, help that I look like my dad. On the internet. It I'm sure your dad I, is I look not like, like I look like him. I, I look like my dad, you know, 30 years ago. I'm a little bit more pale than him, but I, it is inevitable. Yes. I love it. I love it. I mean, all you, the socks, you have the socks. All you need is the Nike Monarchs, you know, those really thick, thick Nikes that all, that all the dads are wearing, which by the yes. way are very comfortable. And there's a whole <laughs> Instagram account dedicated to making them fashionable. 
It's the reason why they're not fashionable is because older men wear them. But just imagine if like the influencers jumped on, like, no, these like oh, yeah. monarchs are all about it. They're, they're $200 shoes, you know, the Beezies. You can't find them. Yeah, yeah. Once once the uh, influencers jump on like the SAS, like uh, orthopedic mm -hmm. shoes, you know, it's over. It's a wrap. Yeah. It's just like the little like braided sides, you know, of the of those orthopedic shoes. Like they're ever, like the gray. It's going to yeah. be that and just like wrap around glasses. Um, right. Or, or those nurse shoes, those real weird nurse platform shoes that nurses wear that like have to swoop up the back that look like they're not comfortable, exactly. but allegedly, reportedly, yeah. there are claims that they're comfortable. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just waiting for FUBU. I'm waiting for FUBU to come oh, back in style. Jenko. There, Jenko. Oh. I, I got. I oh got my some, God! I Can got... I just tell you that connecting those two, my stepdad uh, did come home once with like a FUBU shirt, and yeah. he is very Caucasian. And I was like, "No, you can't." <laughs> I know that was on sale, but you can't wear that. Here's why. It was so funny. It was so so yeah. good. This was years ago. This was back. You know, but no, but you, Francesca, Fubu, yes, years ago. But walk into in, any Burlington Co factory and all of America, you'll find cross colors, Fubu, off brand guests, Tommy Sport. Tommy, Tommy never oh, had a Tommy brand Sport. called Sport, but Tommy Sport is deep up in the Burlington. <laughs> I, I found a South Pole jacket yeah. in Burlington. South Pole. Yeah. I don't know if any yeah. folks remember South Pole. Oh, yeah. Was, oh, South was Pole was it. Yeah. Yeah. The jam. I, I do not remember, but I, 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 cool, <laughs> very cool. Uh, some people are, uh, I, I'm going to read a couple of comments bitching about being under mandatory quarantine because a coworker chose to go to work with COVID symptoms and later tested positive. Oh, Ooh. isn't that the struggle? That's just great. That was, uh, that was from Thunder Voice on Twitch. Um, Jason, what are you bitching about? You know what? I have to be full transparency, full disclosure. I'm finding gray hairs in places that I shouldn't be finding gray hairs. Like, you know, okay, so we're, me, me and Dallas were talking about South Pole because we're clearly the generation before millennials. I think, are, are you a millennial, Dallas? I have no idea. I'm yeah, same, same, totally. Same. I, I think I'm 37, 38. I kind of lost count. Oh. I'm at the 37. You're a millennial. Okay, so I'm four. Is that a millennial? a millennial? Yes, you're a millennial. You can. You okay? What? Thank you for. I thought you were supposed to be on my team. However, back to me oh, fighting. Oh wait, you are. You are a millennial, but I wouldn't know because I'm like 23. Yeah. Um, back to finding gray pubes <laughs> in places that I shouldn't be finding gray pubes. That's uh, it's not fun. It's just not fun. But it'd be so, weird if you were finding um, gray pubes like, like on your elbow or something, or like on the back of your head. But if the gray pubes are where pubes go, then that then that's no, just um, aging, Jason. I, I know, but who wants? Listen, I'm like I, I'm. First of all, black doesn't crack. I'm I'm, I'm trying to like Angela Bassett, ninety, but look like I'm in my forties. <laughs> just for real. I'm still like it's not funny, Francesca. Like the, the, the struggle is very real. You know this business. They say it's hard for women, but you know what? Sometimes it's hard for men. Okay, okay. It, no, you look incredible for forty. By the way, can can all of the internets agree on that? And if you're listening, just Amazing. imagine a beautiful face of a beautiful <laughs> man. Golf clap, golf clap beautiful. around for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't sound like Trump. I, do you realize when people don't have adjectives, they just say beautiful a lot? That's not like what I'm beautiful. doing here. Sound, yeah. You look bigly. You look big, beautiful, Jason. Bigly beautiful. So there's a there's a woman, uh, there's a voiceover actress who does the voice of Piper um, 
whatever her last name is from Orange is the New Black. Uh, the point of the story is her name is Francesca Fiorentini. She does the Italian dubbed voiceover for Piper and she's 57. And so for a very long time, if you Googled Francesca Fiorentini age, it would say 57 and that I'm married to a guy named like Giuseppe Donatelli or some shit like that. And <laughs> I did so, that. Right? I Googled, I Googled you and that's Piper what came Kerman. up. Her name is Piper I Kerman. Piper Kerman. The, 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 character, the character. Yes, yes. And so many people would be like, oh my God, Francesca, you look so good for your age. And I was like, that's not me. <laughs> how do you how do you say like thank you but also fuck you like there's no Francesca it's a nice nasty sandwich right it's like you look so good for your age but you're I'm 26 what is 26 supposed to look like like with the shade really you know it's 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 so weird when you're black though people like black don't crack which is there is some truth to that however I do think that um, there comes a time when when you're pushing it, when you're just like, okay, genes, genetics, whatever, mutant powers, whatever you have <laughs> imbued upon you. Yeah, when do it, they, like, go, go, gadget, black don't crack? Like, when does it? Uh, um, uh, yeah, no, it's definitely the, like, you know, I'm half Asian, and for us, we, like, look the same until we're 65, and then everything falls. <laughs> like, <laughs> you've seen... On your birthday, it's like blow out the candles. Boof. Hey, I want to. I want to go back to what is actually the cutoff for millennial because 1981. So if you're born from 1981, I think to 1996, you're considered a millennial, and then after that, well, I mean, but but listen, this is per Wikipedia, and we know how reliable that vetted source is. (laughs) But um, it's but I think for sure from 81 through through the mid 90s, you're considered a millennial. Then you become like Gen Z, but Look, my and mom then you just can be disappear into the ether. Right. Yeah. Right. You or you're or you're a fetus. You're a zygote. You know, you're not even you're not even a real thing, you know. <laughs> a zygote. I love that. Uh I I want to bitch about something, and I feel like Jason, it's a little bit late to the to the conversation, but I feel like you're the perfect person to have on for this. So I just watched Beyonce's Black is King. And I know a lot of people who follow me, they don't know that I love Beyonce. They don't really, I don't talk that much about like, you know, uh, um, like pop culture or anything. And every time I do or like go out for a job where they're like, what are your, what are your opinions on pop culture? I'm like, I love celebrities. Ah." Like I don't, I have to pretend, but I do like Beyonce a lot. And I saw Black is King. And then I read all these like think pieces about how Black is King, like, fetishizes being you know royalty in africa and fetishizes africa as a as a continent as a whole and that um there's cultural appropriation happening and sort of all this stuff and then i was listening to it and i was like oh wait this is just the same thing that kendrick lamar did for black panther another mm-hmm. disney marvel movie mm-hmm. that he created an mm-hmm. entire album where he like sang some verses and had entire songs but then also sort of gave this Oscar nominated gave this space for like um, artists to like African artists to like shine. And it was awesome. Mm-hmm. And it was great. This is the same shit. It's the exact right. same thing. And yet I don't remember people being like, well, Kendrick Lamar really sold out the continent, you know, and like, how dare he? And why does he fetish it? Like she's doing an album about the lion King. Of course right. there's King worship. Like it's so I'm just going to call sexism on this one. Of course. I mean, look, listen, let's, I mean, let's keep it 100 how sexism is why with how 
has been saying that Kamala's angry. She's angry. Look, people when it black black women are like has that has been this has been said time and time again through history are the most unprotected people in America, right? Beyonce, unfortunately, is a very powerful entertainer who is staunchly steeped in her blackness. We remember 2018's Homecoming, which was this beautiful celebration of blackness on Netflix that was like, wow, only Beyonce could deliver that type of compelling content. Her getting in bed with Disney to to reimagine the Lion King with a nuanced and through a nuanced lens of blackness is genius. Of course, and we live in a time, Francesca in Dallas, that people are the knee jerk reaction is is to from from a base that doesn't that isn't um, liberal, that isn't progressive, that that is just douchebaggery. That oh, she haters. she is haters, mm-hmm. essentially trolls. Haters is that because she's black. She is, you know, she's pushing forth the black narrative, which she should, because that's how she moves through the world as a black woman. And so we always want people to t- people of the culture to tell the stories of the culture. Why not have someone like Beyonce do that creatively? I, I think if if Kendrick Lamar, I'm glad you made that you, you drew the parallels of him being a man and her being a woman. If he came out with something like this, I think people they would laud him a little bit more. But yeah. also think, but think about the time we're in in the last ninety days. What's transpired in our country, though? Sure, we're hypersensitive to to race relations and things that are racial, and people are still trying to figure it out. What how to um, internalize what they're seeing because never before have have we had to have these conversations of of race so viscerally, so clearly, and so aggressively than we have since Breonna Taylor, since George Floyd, since Ahmaud Arbery. So I I feel like- So you're saying we shouldn't look to Disney Plus to tell us how to be an (laughs) (laughs) Um, anti-racist? Look, well, no, but uh, you should look to wherever you need to, to tell you, because as a black man, I don't think it's my job anymore to tell a white person or a a non-person of color or a non-indigenous person how to not be a racist. There's Google, there's books, there's magazines, there's, there's, there's Google. There totally is a like how to not be racist, which is honestly, that's a start like that. Well, I, I would add, I I just continue the conversation is that it is a matter of context, right? Mm -hmm. Like everything Mm -hmm. that's happening right now, it's, it's sparking so much conversation. And I think really a big conversation that's happening as a result of all this, mass movement ha- uh, mobilization that's going on mm-hmm. is a conversation around blackness. What is right. blackness? Mm-hmm. And that Great. is defined by communities that are black. Yep. And, you know, for, for folks who are just now starting that po- the process of, of uh, decolonizing themselves and addressing their own racism, it's, that's a, that's a huge challenge. Cause they're, they, you're getting, they have all their own assumptions and it feeds into this whole dialogue about, you know what? 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 Uh, uh, Beyonce puts out. What sure. anyone puts out right now. So yeah. I agree. Totally agree with you. It is. Uh, you know, it's a clear ca- case of excessive um, sexism, but also, it's also a signal of the times where right. we're just yeah. having in depth conversation about anything uh, around the discussion of blackness, especially if it's such a high profile example. It's. I mean, it's right on Disney Plus, and everyone mm-hmm. is addicted to Disney Plus right now. Mm-hmm. Totally, I've seen uh, well, Bow like ten times. Yeah, they're 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 addicted to Beyonce. But you know, it was really interesting about this whole time in Dallas. You again, you make really good points. In fact, that talking about racism and the conversations we've had, I, I've had at least in the last, I was again ninety days, has also caused me to rethink how I view people. And to because we're shining a light on 
on so many whiteness. Yeah, <laughs> on right, whiteness, right. Really, right. yeah. Put on glass. I concur, but uh, like these egregious acts, like these microaggressions, these unconscious biases, these these the blatant racism. But also, you, you it makes you stop, step back, and think, okay, am I also guilty of feeling a some kind of way against a group of people, or what? What is? What are my? What are my thoughts? Or how hmm. have I been? You know, how have I been racist in the past? Or how have I not um, been? an ally or an advocate or spoken up or have had the back, if you will, if you, just, if you can take it to the street of, of someone who, of, from a marginalized group of people, you know, you, because you start to think about, because never before has those things been so clear as day than they have been in 2020 that you're like, whoa, am I guilty too? Like I'm pointing, I'm pointing fingers, which those finger, the people I'm pointing the finger at are absolutely guilty and are, should be held accountable. But also it's like, okay, well, what, how have I also been complicit or been bad or have been those things as well? You have to stop and look at yourself. So I think a lot of people are trying to reconcile so much right now. It's a lot. I mean, look- And watching, watching Black is King is not also going to give you the ticket out of, out of owning your own <laughs> shit and looking yeah. at your own stuff. Um, you can't say you can't say, "Oh, I watched it. I'm anti-racist. I'm not racist. Check. I watched Black is King." Check. Yeah, yep. there's a, it was a someone has that check. Yeah, somebody. I didn't see a anti- single white person except the somebody butler anti- in that scene with Jay Z. Yeah, no, it's right. true. There is no more checklist, although maybe there should be. Um, well, this is great, you guys. We're gonna move on to our next segment, which because there's just so much news coming at us real, real fast. Uh, we always have to make sense of it. We always have to make fun of it because uh, we feel like we're being mocked. I feel like I'm being mocked, honestly, um, half the time. So this is the week where you need <laughs> you need like a voiceover in the week where you gotta get the voiceover right there <laughs> or have someone beatbox like oh, the week shit. where um becca were we recording that i think we're just gonna <laughs> we're, we're gonna steal that um another black man's work i'm going to steal it uh <laughs> my italian side will co-opt that um or my Asian side, either way. Uh, this is the week where, all right, Jason, you kind of hinted at some of the stuff that's been going on. Some people in the comments bitching about uh, no new stimulus plan and a lot yeah. of clickbait around whether there is a stimulus plan. This was the week where Congress decided to take a month long vacation despite not reaching any deal to extend unemployment benefits or for any more stimulus money or any money to secure voting. And look, guys, I get it. Sometimes you need a break, okay? Look, sometimes you need to stare out at the blue expanse from your yacht in order to gain perspective, you know, to be able to come back into session and boldly continue doing nothing. Like that's, mm, take a break from it. Like Congress, you guys, I feel like Congress is like the game show deal or no deal, except mm-hmm. instead of Howie Mandel with a briefcase of money, it's Mitch McConnell with a Ziploc baggie of his last dookie. Mm-hmm. You know, just like, hey, oh. Yeah. You like this? Do you want this? you want this one? Um, somehow it also just keeps getting renewed every season. Like, this is like the worst show. I mean, Jason, you comment on a lot of, uh, a lot of like game shows and new shows out there and, this is the worst. Congress is the worst show out no, they're, they're, there. They're, I don't know why we renew it. 
Right. And it's like, okay, so I mean, if you want to get really 100 with this, this what should be happening is they should not be going on a month long break to enjoy their Labor Day weekends and whatnot. They should be wearing Depends diapers, staying in there 24 hours a day like it's <laughs> surgery and workshopping the shit out of this new stimulus plan for the American people. Because it's going to be well over a month in just a few weeks where the end of that extra 600, which, by the way, I was receiving happily, is done. <laughs> Seriously, like, let's keep it real. That that money, I was elated, overjoyed, over the moon, over the moon, and just just living my best life when that when the, when the CARES Act was passed because that money was well needed, right? Yeah, millions of millions of Americans have been able to survive and have some kind of life, some kind of I don't want to say hope, but some glimmer of 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 keeping their existence because that extra money them to feed their kids. You had a moratorium on evictions. So many wonderful things that were passed very quickly then. Thank you, Congress. Thank you, whomever, in March. Why can't we get that now? And the conversation about, well, let's, you know, of course, Trump with this new executive order, $400 down to 300 The states are going to pay 25%. California states are saying we don't have, we don't have the money, nor do we have knowledge to update systems, which is so bizarre to me too. Like, California, for one, you're like what the fifth biggest economy on the in the globe. How have you not been able to figure out how to, I don't know, get Windows to Windows Windows 98 at least on your computers to have this system be able to process this money? It's just so bizarre to me. But people still need it. And for Congress to be gone that long and then come back and then have a pissy match over, well, we'll give this to that person or you know people are incentive are being they're not going back to work because they're making more money on unemployment that's besides the point people there's more people who need that money now than the people who are not going back to work because they're making more money so just figure this shit out it's not Absolutely. that hard these are lawyers you know, hold on these are lawyers millionaires genius people really smart people various people who all they have to do is just say this is what's right for the american people we've did it before this, this time is unprecedented. Let's just do it again and keep it pushing. That's all they have to do. It's that simple. It, it, you know what I expect is I expect the type of dedication. Do you remember the NASA employee who drove 1,200 miles with a diaper to go see her love or her yeah, person Forrest of Gump. interest? Yeah, Forrest Gump. That's what we need. We yeah, need yeah, that type of dedication. Waiting just, at the bus stop with a half-eaten box of chocolates. Yep, that's what we need. So, just to sit there and do your job, bring your chocolates, make sure everyone is fed. I wish that they just like I that just made me think of like how much Forrest loved Jenny. Like, imagine if our politicians loved us that much. Like, what if oh. you felt any kind of like love or tenderness from we're, the people in charge? We're looking for our peas. Uh, we're the carrots. Peas yeah. and carrots. Come on. You guys are our carrots. Can you imagine? <laughs> I really hope to hear that in your DNC speech, Dallas. Okay. I'm putting it in there. Yeah, but you're, you're only getting a minute. You're, you're, you're only getting a minute, Dallas, for that. Yeah. <laughs> Just a minute. Make, make the case for love. Um, this was also the week where Joe Biden announced he would be picking Senator Kamala Harris as his running mate, thus answering the question, can you side-eye your way into power? Yes. Uh, the internet had a lot of feelings about this nomination, uh, mostly black or white, saying Kamala is either black Jesus or a neoliberal devil, uh, when the answer is both. Uh, Kamala's politics are like her ethnic mix. It's a complicated shade of brown. I know from personal experience being mixed, you see people see what they want to see, right? We are all mm -hmm. things to all people. 
That's part of our charm and our ability to, you know, I don't know, be vice president. But now everyone will be asking her, you know, but no, like politically, where are you from, from? Like, where are you from, from, from? <laughs> Let me add another from. A uh, lot of thoughts on this over the week. I felt like it was a pretty predictable choice. Dallas, where, where'd you come off on this one? Uh, I mean, I think it's all a matter of optics. Like we, I think we all expected it. We all knew it was coming, right? There was this whole game of like, oh, who are we going to pick? But we knew who the contestant who was going to get the rose in the end. Like we all saw the writing on the wall. Mm. Um, and yeah, it is kind of crazy. I've seen the criticism, the critique out there. Like in this time of um, this movement for black liberation and discussion around uh, um, cops and the murder of black folks, yeah, we're going to pick the person who is self-identified as the top cop. Like it's pretty... <laughs> Like, it's not the best optics. I'm like, come on here. Like, who are yeah. you talking to in this, in the lead up for this? That's well, what I'm going with is like, I really, I actually think that it would have been an amazing show to hear the backroom conversation. And when they're weaning down the candidates, like mm -hmm. that would have been juicy enough just to feed me <laughs> for four months at least. Oh, agreed. Like whittling down from Keisha Lance Bottoms to Elizabeth Warren to the myriad of different women that were on that were on the roster. But here's the thing: Kamala can do the job, though, and you know she's accomplished. Um, it's what people are saying. Okay, so Francesca, you have mentioned that there's a lots of opinions and feelings about this, but the funniest thing I think is. People are saying that it's going to be Kamala's White House, right? That Joe Biden's just we're mm. talking we talk about optics that Joe Biden's just the white guy up front, but Kamala's the balls behind the balls in the pants. Like she's she's going to be like Joe. What are you doing today, bro? Like look, look, sit your ass down. I got this. I got this. Does that make him the dick if he, she's the balls? And who wants sure. to be the balls? Listen, but that's where the magic's at. Okay, you know, that, okay. <laughs> that, that's she's got ovaries. She doesn't need balls are too sweaty. Ovaries, they're just you know they're. But, but anyway, you know, like, keep going. Yes, yes, but, yes. But I mean, I it's I it's it, look. She yes, blackness. Of course, she's she's she is out. She is also Asian and black. So yes. uh, so she's the first of her kind. In the Does government. she identify as Blasian though? That's what we want to know. She, I, you know, I think if you, I, no, it's not for. I don't think she identifies as Blasian, but she definitely identifies with, with both parts of her heritage. <laughs> <laughs> My first but, question to her if I ever get a chance. You're like Kamala. Are you Blasian girl? Blasian. But pretty. You No, but I think that she. What I like about her is that she she is not afraid to to go to go for what she wants, much like Hillary. You know, Hillary. I think Kamala is a little bit more uh uh what's the word scrappy, if you will. She's a little bit more like, listen, I will drag you out in the middle of the street with sure. the switch and whoop your ass. Like, do not come for me. That yeah. and also yeah. Maya Rudolph is going to be employed again, so we're happy about that. You know, Maya Rudolph also yeah. is, is is the MVP here. That's <laughs> true. I, I totally agree with you that she is. Yeah, um, like definitely tougher than Biden, where Biden is definitely is playing into the Michelle Obama sort of like when they go low, we go high. Right. Kamala is like, no, 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 no. We actually have to call this authoritarian white supremacist for what he is. Mm -hmm. Although I don't think she said white supremacist, but she definitely isn't afraid to go after Trump. And I think we need this campaign needs that to win. I don't say we because. I'm, I just don't identify with their platform because they are they represent the most centrist, moderate wing of the Democratic Party. I also feel like my big thing with, 
you know, I think a lot of the attacks on, of course, a lot of the attacks from the right over her gender and race are going to keep mm -hmm. coming and they're right. awful. And right. I, and I kind of, I'm of two minds of it because one, I think like there's no, there, it, there's absolutely no excuse for that kind of attack. It's ridiculous. And the other hand, I'm like, I feel like if her policies and her work outshone just her identity and if she weren't so used as someone who's, hey, it's a black and Asian woman, like that, you know what I mean? That like maybe actually who she is and what she's done would shine brighter than just her identity. Um, and I know you can't de-link those things. I'm not saying that you can, um, but that is sort of the place I hope to go in this country when identity politics, um, it isn't just let's, oh, let's put all of our eggs in. Oh, look, it's a black woman. Like what her leg, her, uh, what she stands for, I don't know. I agree. I well, I mean, look, that's that's a great point because you know when back in two thousand eight, um, I had a conversation with a, a very close friend about Obama, and yeah. he and my friend was at, my friend was of Nigerian descent, and also I had a conversation with a close friend who was African American. They said, "I'm not going to vote for Obama just because he's black." Like he, I, we, you, because here's the thing: it's like voting for Oprah, putting Oprah in office, office because we love Oprah. But then she gets there, and then she sucks at her job. But because she was Oprah, she got elected. Like that's bullshit. No, we're not, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. Right. And and you know, it's like you have to be. We now we have to be careful. I had said the other day when I was doing an interview for an outlet called Haps that. Kamala and Biden are a hell Mary because what we haven't, what we have in office right now is just complete and total a dumpster fire. Yes. Being fueled by the most flammable, you know, Sherman Williams paint store imaginable. So, <laughs> so with Kamala, yeah, I agree with you that we can't rest our laurels and hang our hat on, oh, well, she's a black Asian female. Can she do the job? Because right now we need people who can do the job. I think she can, but that's but a lot of people echo your sentiment, Francesca. That's like, well, great that she's a black that she's black and she's a woman, but what what where are the receipts? Where are the receipts? We need right. we need receipts as long as the ones you get from Rite Aid when you want to get that free creamer. You know, the one that you have to just that just keeps coming until they're like, like, oh, you get a dollar off of uh, off yeah. of French vanilla. Thank you. We Except need this one is like, you know, went after parents of truants. Okay, um, <laughs> but I I just want like I think that. The danger for me, oh, well, actually, I, I love the conversation that's happening within communities of color around Kamala. Like, really, I think that a lot of folks are saying the same thing of like, we we understand. And I think this is what we I, I want to continue to push is representation does not necessarily necessarily guarantee power. And yes. communities of color understand that at right. this point, we like we understand that just because you may have somebody that looks like you or sounds like you in a position of power doesn't necessarily make it your life as a community that much better. Right. And yeah. I think the, the danger is that we're going to hear from mass media, that narrative time after time is, Oh, look at the representation here. We're so good. We're doing great. Now this yeah. country is awesome. Well, and I also want to keep people I, in their place. As exactly. Like, yeah. And, and I do want to flag and I feel like it's necessary to flag from a native perspective. Like she was, actually really bad in California as the attorney general for tribes. And I've heard, mm. I've talked to tribal leaders, people that are native leaders in California who have brought it up time after time. And now what's difficult is that any critique is offered that any critique that's given that's put out there. I, it's the danger is like, there's a whole sector, the vast majority of like, especially the right who will take that and couch that criticism, whether in a, in their sexist rant or the racist rant, 
Yeah. Or folks will just say, or people identify as, oh, you're just saying that because she's black, she's a woman. When people do have legitimate criticisms about the policies and decisions that she made. The right and, plays on that critique. They they can co-opt some of the left language. And I think, you know, a lot of people fall into that trap. But you're absolutely right. Do. Lots of people. And I, to your point, Dallas, I think um, that you, you, you're on the money as well, that we... People, the black community. Let's call it the black community. The the the, the one and only what? black the, community. Big I, 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 yeah, and and I'm speaking for every this guy. I'm, I'm not speaking for the whole black community, but for myself. <laughs> when um, I just want to make sure that because we any marginalized any marginalized group of people, women, Native Americans, non POC, we only get like one chance, right? We have to be five times better than our counterparts, right? We have yes. to be hyper. We have to be hyper excellent at everything so we're we're aware now that yeah we have been in a moment where the light has been shown on us we've been given a, a seat next to the table to to air our to air our grievances and that we can, we have to make good on everything we put out there because that seat may be pulled from us very quickly and um if kamala when when biden and kamala get into office i do think they are gonna win i, I it's gonna happen um i'm praying that 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 she that she that she comes comes through comes correct because it would be very detrimental to the black community if she doesn't which yeah. i mean which i feel she will but you know we we, we didn't think trump was gonna get elected and look what happened even megan kelly was like i woke up this morning and i just couldn't believe what happened i'm like oh my god like you you know like it's, it's we, <laughs> you did that yeah, you we, helped we, do that no yeah. i mean i think Yes. And I think the difference is are social movements, are people going to keep the pressure on uh, and not throw up their hands either out of, oh, good, the non-evil people are in office uh, and or I didn't like them anyway. They're not my people. They might not be your people, but you still have to push them. And I would argue still have to vote for them. Um, but let's move on because there's more that happened this beautiful, delicious week of hell. Nom, 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 nom. This was the week where the war on the post office rolled on with reports and images of mailboxes being removed and million dollar mail sorters being thrown out. Uh, the U.S. Postal Service warned that in 46 states, it cannot guarantee all mail in ballots for the November election will arrive in time to be counted. Democrats are calling on Postal Service leaders to testify before Congress, um, which I'm just like, great. Cool. Another explosive testimony that basically confirms that, yes, all the bad stuff is definitely happening and there's nothing we can do about it. Uh, congressional hearings in the Trump era are like uh, hearings about your dad explaining in detail how he fucks your mom. Like yeah. that's like you knew it was bad and you never really wanted to hear it. And there's nothing you can do to stop it. Mm -hmm. uh, it's like, oh, look, the Judicial Committee on how your dad fucks your mom. Ooh. <laughs> The antitrust committee on fucking your mom. Oh, here's the committee of ways and means of fucking your mom. Like, I don't want to hear any of it. It's all bad. Agreed. <laughs> I, it's, uh, you know, my 67-year-old uncle called it. He, 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 he calls a lot of stuff that doesn't come true. But he called this like months ago, months ago. He, he was like straight up what he's going, what Trump is going to do is going to set it up so that when he loses, he'll have a fallback and say, "Well, it's because the that it was fraud through the uh, through the mm -hmm. mail," right. and then he'll say, "Well, 
negates it all. I'm still in power. Here we go. I put the Burger King crown on. We're good to go. <laughs> that's that, that. And that was that he called it. And I think that's what we're, we're going towards. It's that clear setup where he's already set up the narrative that it's going to fail right. and not in his favor. Yeah, it's, it's unclear you know, how he's engineering that. Is it, I'm going to destabilize the post office so that when the ballots aren't there, I can say there was fraud, even though the fraud and cheating was on his part to dis probably throw out a bunch of Democratic ballots. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's hard. Yeah. It, doesn't, it actually doesn't matter what the strategy is. This Guys, this whole postal situation is like the first season of The Handmaid's Tale, where they, like, dismantle the government and they just go in, the sons of Jacob go in and just, like, just wreak havoc across the country. What's sad about beyond what beyond what is happening at the postal services i was at the post office here in miami last week and then back in la before i moved and just the modeling attitude and feeling of of the workers when you're at when you're in at the post service post post postal service sorry you can feel it you know it's like these are people who have worked for work for this organization for some 30 years looking to retire who have who have it's 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 a lifestyle really it's 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 a thing when you work for the postal service it's a thing it's like sure it's, you don't lick it, that many stamps before well, it changes you right you know like that it's like the the taste of mint is something sure. that's intrinsic to your body now like you you re you sweat mint but and and so for them and i like you know you ask for pens you ask for things and there was a woman named cindy there who i was sending something and i was like do you have a pinch like listen we don't have any supplies we have nothing i can't help you and, she, and the look in her eye was just so real. And she wasn't being like a a, a, po a disgruntled postal service worker. She was really like, we have nothing. Like, so yeah. if you, and so I feel like that, it, it, again, disregarding the American people on so many different levels is what's happening here beyond voter suppression. It, 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 there's so many different layers of just, of just poor treatment of the American people. And it's, it's, it, 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 it's, it's sad. And it's, like what 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 do you do like what do you do all you can do is just sit back and watch it happen because how many times have we try to hold trump to the fire you write impeachment trials and and, and people writing revenge literature on him o o omarosa bolton comey like there's all these people that are crying yeah, out yeah. saying guys there's drama happening we need to do something about this and nothing's happening no there's no one he's so untouchable there, there are i mean there have been mass protests people protested out outside of postmaster general DeJoy. got just a great name um because there's no DeJoy in any of this uh but they you know there's protests people taking the streets dallas knows a little something about that um i think that's the actual option the other option is hey write your local post office a five-star Yelp review because my God, the reviews on there are just, they're so white. They're just the whitest thing I've ever read. And I, my one postal post office experience recently was really funny. I was like waiting in line and this guy comes, there's two people ahead of me. I'm three. The guy comes in, he's four. He waits for two minutes and goes, this is bullshit. And then leaves. <laughs> like, Fool, you couldn't wait for two minutes. You couldn't be slightly inconvenient. You couldn't, like, get on your phone. Just talk, strike up a conversation. Like, does everything need to be airmailed to you by Bezos immediately and, like, lifted off your shoulders? Like, do you need to Instacart Postmate, you know, uh, <laughs> like, you're, like, God, can you imagine this person in bed? Like, ugh, 
I'm tired. You know what I mean? Like this, this is what I'm saying. Like these <laughs> have some patience, uh, you know, stick it through and uh, write your post office a five star Yelp review. Do people still re- read Yelp reviews though? Like, is that a thing yeah. still? Is that, really? Does that still exist? In- of course. Since well, when I- were we off Yelp? Well, what I what I don't like about Yelp is like when you go to like let's say I'm looking for like a Schlotzky's, right? And so you pull up the Yelp review, uh, you I'm don't sorry, have the, I'm sorry, who? A Schlotzky's, it's deli. Deli. Oh, okay, you guys, dude, this is some mid Atlantic. I don't know what this is actually. Mid Atlantic, whatever. 1945 here. Yeah, yeah. that's. How, I just want to say mid Atlantic so I can talk like this. <laughs> <laughs> but but remember like, Paris. The Yelp <laughs> review. Takes you to Yelp. Takes you have to download the app. What if I don't want the damn Yelp app? Like, why can't I just read the like? Why do you have to shade the rest of the review? Like, well, yeah, there's Google you... reviews too. There's lots. So, it's everything's a review based system. We live in a black mirror of a world. It's lame. That's what. So it is. the point is, leave a good review, and yeah. if you actually talk to a postal worker, say something nice. Give us some. Yes. Give us some love and recognition. I try to give like... Cindy a hug. We're social distancing though. Oh, yeah. did she? She was like. I, 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 no, she did the. I'm Oprah covered thing. in COVID. <laughs> she did the Oprah hug, the, like the. Well, you know, you, you clasp oh, yeah, hands just and like, like reaching out all <laughs> yeah. excitedly. That's the Oprah hug. How's that? No, well, see, look, look, me and you. It's like the Biden hug. Yeah, that looks yeah. like very. I can't do that. <laughs> no, I'm, it's when the ha- it's when the hands I get in together. trouble if I oh, do my that. Gosh. Okay, look, Oprah, you got you, fine. There, we need um, to know our Oprah gestures. Oh yes. Oh, so Oprah, uh, Oprah hug is when like she instead of you going in for the hug, she puts her arms out and you guys clasp hands and do like the oh my god, good to see you. Uh, you know what I love about that? I feel like I, I mean, I know Oprah is a better person than Ellen, but it is very much a like, ha, I'm worth a hundred million dollars. Get away from me. You know, like don't touch me too close. You know, like it's very much a like celebrity keep your distance. Like I'm mm-hmm. Oprah's very nice. I know she's nice. Not not just Oprah. I'm just saying it's very much a like. It is. I, no. This necklace is worth more than your life, kind right. of thing. It's very disingenuous. It's very like do not <laughs> you. You don't have your existence on this planet. Isn't you haven't made enough money in your life to step into my bubble? <laughs> That's what that <laughs> yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, one more one more news item. Only four things happened this week. I want everyone to know that um, this was the week where Trump complained once again about federal water pressure standards. Uh, this is a big, mm. big deal. Not the hundred and almost what sixty-five thousand people who are dead of COVID. Uh, more than five point five million cases. No showers. Uh, the president says that two point five gallons a minute is too weak of a flow, making it harder for him to style his perfect hair. The president clearly prefers his flow strong, like like um like Russian sex worker strong. You know, just bow. <laughs> oh <laughs> uh, guys uh perfect hair where, where is the lie it's right the perfect hair is the lie um okay for if we want to keep if we want to keep this as 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 real as possible there is i don't know how melania i don't even think they have sex because there is no way you can sexualize trump in any capacity like there's there's just not there's no you know like mike pence oh, Scott, at, don't you, say that because i started to try and then i got grossed out well you look you can look at mike pence and be like you it's know what? he's kind of a, he's kind of a silver daddy like mike if he you know if he wasn't such a piece of shit he's kind of sexy and there's something he has he has a, he has a swag about him but trump it's just like no he probably has a chode it's just really bad but per, perfect <laughs> hair where 
Well, I mean, look, sometimes when you're in a barn and like you are a salt lick and you're surrounded by three horses and they go after you all at once, like (laughs) salt lick. that's, That's that's what happens. I feel like this is actually a part of an elaborate game of like staffers inside the White House. You know how when you're on a chat and it's a live stream and you're leaving a comment, just hoping the person recognizes you in the chat. And when they do, you feel great. Like right Right. now somebody's doing that's like a game in the White House. People are literally like, I'm just going to throw shit at him and see what if he responds. There's like a whole like they have a bet going on where like you win, you get money every time they mention something that you plant in his ear and somebody won. Like ten dollars. Right. Oh, totally. Like mention that. Hey, uh, sir, how was your shower? <laughs> <laughs> like, was it too weak? Like, yes, it was weak. Like, yeah. And if that sort of like, like bit in his syphilitic brain just like dislodged yeah. and came out of his mouth during a speech, like, like, yeah, exactly. Then, you know, you're so right. Someone is definitely winning a lot of money from that. But I, I will say this though, crappy water pressure is is it's garbage though. I mean, like I'm an avid shower. It must be my Librin perfectionism because I love a good shower. Like I love it. the water pressure when it's right. It's on point. I get it. Like you can't you can't lather the loofah without the right water pressure. This is or, true. However, for him to for him to like make to speak so seriously and make it like an e, you know the EPA has figured out. Um, there's a reason why water pressure comes out of your comes out of your shower head the way it does. For him to ha- have an issue with that, it's like, dude. But I do like the conspiracy about there's a group of people. It's like the office or the newsroom where they sit around like, okay, like this is this week's story, you guys. They throw them into a hat. They have a they have a secret Slack or text chain about how can we trump trump this week, you know? And it's it's all it's all off the record. Yeah. And yeah. they come to the office and they get, and they have a stare like, hey, okay, Megan, are you ready? It's He's not going to fall what for the got? ramp again. What do we right. do? Right, right, <laughs> or or Alyssa, what do you think? Well, you know, like you know, there, there's like ten of them. There's like a Jeff, a Jake, a Chad, Alyssa. They have to have like an East Indian, like an Ahmad, you know, like a group of people to sit around and talk about like <laughs> Tell an Ahmad. Yeah. <laughs> or you know, like uh, or a Kumail. Yeah, they, yeah. They, you know, uh, you know, a Kumail or something. Trump wants water pressure in like 1982. All right. He wants to be able to like drown a few endangered fish, like not that they can drown in water, but you know what I'm saying? He wants to drown a polar bear in his shower, like actively. Do you know what I mean? Like that's how much water he wants. He wants like a few low-lying communities to go under um, because of his shower. Well, I think actually more than that, what he's looking for is like a 1960s fire hose on the march protesters kind of level yeah, yeah, of yeah. pressure that's what he wants yeah and it, you know like oh my god that, 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 that gets me horny imagining trump in the line of a fire of a fire hose and a bunch of german shepherds yeah that and, is and the so, only way i can sexualize on, and some and some and batons those sticks that are always in every racist photo from like from like the 1950s the the batons that they have to beat people yes, with yes yes you can't, you can't have BLM protesters just being beaten down mm-hmm. a sidewalk. I and would that do. one, that one KKK member in the back that they always said that yeah. one kick you got, it's like finding where's Waldo, where's the KKK member. Oh, he's behind the other dude in the back. There's always <laughs> one in one picture. Always. <laughs> we ha- and now it has to be entirely filmed in 60 frames per second. Slow motion. Mm-hmm. When it happens, should it, you know, That's when true. the bring should back it. the hoser for his hair. Yep. That's yeah. the, so good. Biden, Biden will do that. Kamala will do that. Oh no, no, oh, no. Come <laughs> look, <laughs> look, we don't need a green new deal fire hose for Trump. 
<laughs> if we're not going to save the planet, at least give us a good laugh while we're going down. Um, I'm going to move on because Dallas, I want to get into it with you and uh, pick your brain. Uh, this is the sitch. The sitch. Welcome to the sitch. Uh, and just a reminder, hey, tip us. We are donating proceeds to um, reclaim your vote and reclaim our vote. This campaign that works with the Center for Common Ground in Virginia, reaching out to uh, millions of voters of color and making sure that they are able to vote in upcoming elections. And this obviously means registering. It means getting your your mail-in ballot. It means walk hand-walking your goddamn ballot to the post offices if you need to. TBR-Live, TBR-Live on Cash App. Thank you so much in advance. You guys are always the sweetest. Um, Dallas, it's been years since we spoke. We were in Paris. Uh, it was the COP 29, 34? 365th. Three, yes, 365th um, climate, uh, ju- climate conference from the UN where they decided that maybe they would start deciding things. Um, no, that was actually a good one because this was the Paris Climate Accord um, COP. And since then, a lot's happened. We've got, I I think that one interesting thing that a lot of people on the left did not take seriously enough was the ways that Clinton and Trump did differ when it came to the environment. Um, And we've seen that play out in warp speed, just like undoing everything that has been done to help the environment and clean the air and water since the Nixon administration. So weakening fuel standards, replacing clean the clean coal power plan, opening public lands and offshore waters to drilling, uh, just recently methane emission regulations, just gone, why not? Um, seismic air gun blasts in the water to search for oil and gas deposits, they're on again, uh, and all the manatees are crying, big, big manatee tears. I assume manatees are feel the effects of that, also whales and other things. Um, we're leaving that Paris Climate Accord. Uh, I think there's a plan to build a dam in the fucking Grand Canyon, if I'm not mistaken. So it's funny because we talk about like Trump as being the last gasp of whiteness. I feel like he's also the last gasp of like settler colonialism, like we are going to dig out every last inch of money we can from this beautiful land and exploit the fuck out of it before we go. Um, how have how have these years been for you, Dallas? And how have you prob- put the Trump administration into this lens of both indigenous rights and climate justice? I have to say that is one of the most depressing introductions I have heard in a long time. Thank you so much for making <laughs> me feel so special to really dive into the dumpster fire that we are currently involved in. It's so amazing. Just dirt, nice and dirty and hot. Um, It was COP21. That's what it was. The conference of parties, United Nations, climate change, little thing that happened. That's what Uh, it was. Conference of parties. I couldn't even remember. It was a wild party. But then also it really, what you saw there was like a lot of foreshadowing. I mean, obviously there was a conversation about what are the countries of the world going to do to solve the world's climate change problem? And naturally the United States and a lot of the big, you know, developed countries said, you know what, we're going to help out, but we're only going to help out so much. I really want to know what 
all you other developing countries are going to do before we make a decision. And a major point of contention in there was uh, a lot of like corporate, you know, oil companies were saying, hey, we want to be involved in this too because we care about the, the environment also and look at all these great alternative things that we're doing to make the world better. And right now, we're literally having a conversation in this country where we're talking, we have uh, the, the DNC having a conversation about the Green, Green New Deal. There's mm -hmm. a lot of debate about it. And you have companies like BP, British Petroleum, one of the largest oil companies in the world saying, hey, we're going to go uh, new uh, carbon neutral. What is it? Um, emissions neutral or zero net zero emissions in like thirty years. But what they're doing oh, is thirty. It, oh, I'm sorry, thirty. Okay, good. Yeah. yeah but all they're doing is just saying like we're we're basically gonna paint a dog red and call it a cat. It's the same freaking scrappy little pitiful dog. Yeah. You know what they're saying is we're gonna use carbon offsets and we're gonna use all these cool mechanisms to mask. All this pollution it's just absurd and i don't have a lot of hope i in general because i don't have a hope i don't have a lot of hope whether it's the democrats or the, whether it's the republicans yeah indigenous peoples are still getting screwed the land is still being plundered and that's the fact that's the southern colonialism we can say i don't actually i disagree with the idea that this is the last gap for southern colonialism because the united states of america is still in existence <laughs> after this election yeah we still have land that's being occupied we still have land being stolen for for extraction for colonization and so it is a dumpster fire welcome to it you're a part of it just as much as i am and it's just ridiculous it's, yeah i mean i crazy. think the i mean what you spoke to before is is this difference between republicanism which is just extraction without any kind of breaks and sort of the democrat wing which is much more yeah extraction but with a few breaks you know a few things here and there but no real serious plan to keep oil in the ground which i know the indigenous environmental network that has been part of your your call is to no new pipelines, no new ex extraction, keep it mm -hmm. in the ground. We have all of the oil. We cannot afford, the planet cannot afford to burn all of the fossil fuels that we are extracting right now. We have nine years left, 10 maybe, uh, to get to emission, zero emissions, not 30 like BP has said. Um, I mean, I guess, you know, given, even though you feel like it's the same, um, like, isn't it better to slow walk the doomsday? Isn't that good? And and I and I would just say, like, you know, looking at Standing Rock, that Standing Rock popped yeah. off under Obama, and that I didn't see Standing Rock coming. I don't know how your your response to that and like whether you felt like it was very different. It was it was so, incredibly inspiring. Well, there's a lot there. I, I'll I'll speak quickly okay. about Standing Rock. I'll speak to that just real quick moment, just just to show, like. Um, I was actively organizing against the Dakota Access Pipeline before it was actually a name. We just call it the Bakken Pipeline. Mm -hmm. And there was planned to have an occupy, uh, uh, to occupy the land. That was planned. People were like, we're going to set up a camp. We're going to stand in the way. We're going to you know, hold a space to protect our land from this oil company mm -hmm. and, uh, and to protect it from land theft. But when we set up that camp, and, and honestly, when I say we, it's actually a lot of frontline, a lot of indigenous women who are coordinating that effort. I want to give a special shout out to my sister, Joy Braun, who was the first camper. She works for IEN, and she's awesome. 
she was the first person to set up a camp and um the idea was like okay we'll set up a camp and we'll tell people to come out but what we expected numbers wise was like oh we'll probably get 20 maybe 30 people you know we'll hold it down have a good party here get some get get some arrests or be arrested in protection of mother earth instead what happened with all these different like just trifecta of, of like just moments that happened all at the same time we had the third largest town in North Dakota camped out. We had over 10,000 people yeah. in North Dakota in protection uh, in, in solidarity with the Standing Rock Reservation. And it didn't happen out of the blue. It was organizing. It was people organizing on the ground. It was narrative strategy, pushing mm-hmm. out this narrative that was inclusive of so many different fights, this idea of water is life. We had folks coming from Flint, Michigan, which still does not have clean water. We had folks from down in the... Uh, down in the Gulf Coast, we had folks fighting uh, um, in the Colorado Colorado River Basin. This whole issue around water and the necessity for us to have clean water yeah. brought so many people together. And that was strategic organizing. It just didn't happen out of the blue. And right. it's the same thing around the conversation around Black Lives Matter. It just didn't pop off. There was a lot of foundation that was laid by predominantly people of color, indigenous women, black women, and trans folks who are all doing such amazing work. And I, I'm looking forward to something you alluded to before. Whether, even if we get Biden and and Harris in office, I'm looking forward to the movement. What they're going to do in response to that? How much more are we going to push to really get to the place where we need to be? Because this conversation about whether it's night, whether it's better to have like a slow pace to where you're going, it's like asking me, okay, you're 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 going to be shot by a, a by a bunch of soldiers. Do you want to get shot here five feet from now? Or do you want to walk 20 yards? It's yeah. your choice. Yeah. Either way, we have to have a, a systemic, we have to see systemic change across the board and allow ourselves to radically imagine a world that's better for ourselves and for everybody on it. Yeah. And and I think that's where we're at right now. This All this chaotic energy that we're feeding into, and I think there's a lot of potential for us to just, Imagine that and put that into action. Well, because we we don't have because we no longer have a choice, right? It's it's mm-hmm. it's because we for for so long have been where we know people are tired of, of of settling for whatever they get. They're tired of they're they're tired and settling. I say that with with a I say that meaning like we're tired. Going back to Black Lives Matter, we're tired. We're tired of seeing people murdered. Yeah, for no reason. We're we're mm-hmm. so we're so radical and chaotic. It's it's the galvanization and the mobilization of people is because we're we're tired. It's like f this. It's, think, it's a wrap. Yeah. And that's I think a lot of Gen Z. If we can go back to this distinguished yeah. distinguishment, um, is is like why the fuck have you guys been settling for all this bullshit for so long? Like, wait a minute, <laughs> mm-hmm. why don't we just do this? Like, why don't we just have Medicare for all? Like, it's it's a no-brainer. Why don't we just defund the police? Look at how much money they have. Right. It's, we need it's, health and human services and homelessness services and health, mental, like whatever. Like, it. They're so like, and we're and we're just kind of like, oh yeah, you're, you're right. No, you you're know right. what it is, Francesca. <laughs> you know what it is. It's it, it's interesting. It's it's like it's this nice nasty sandwich of the generations before the we were taught not to be entitled, right? We were taught to like it, be grateful for what you get, take take what you have, grow it with, you know, with with the, the size of a mustard seed, you can you have so much potential, all that stuff. Gen Z, they're like, I want, I need a Lexus. You you need to give me everything and then some. And there's, and, but it's okay, but that's okay because there's power in that, right? There's a mm-hmm. fearlessness that 
that is there. Remember when we were younger, how, oh, okay, look, look, the two th- 2000s and 90s, I was unstoppable. You can tell me nothing, right? And then you go along in life and you have some knocks and you and things don't work out. And you're like, you know what? Maybe I'm not so invincible. This Gen Z generation, they're not there yet, but that's beautiful because they're at a time where that fearlessness is powerful and it's what's needed, right? It's it's fuel. It's it's a superhuman power that they have that can absolutely usher change. So I think us, the reason why we settle is because for so long, generations before were told to make do with what you have and be grateful for what you have and blah, 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 all those adages that are just like so like detrimental to your, your, your essence and your being. But this new generation, they're like, no, 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 we can have it all. And then yeah. we could have more than that. We could have, yeah. we could have, I could have what you're having, you're having, you're having, and still go out and get more. I don't know about there. Alexis, but under socialism, I hope <laughs> we all get like a Honda. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like something like just a, sort of, you know, a Nissan, maybe. Um, I, uh, Dallas, I mean, I hear you feel you like you've got a lot of hope, but you also are like, you, you know, throwing your hands up. And I feel that because it, it is, the challenge does feel insurmountable. I like breaking it down, especially when it comes to native rights. You know, I think early on in this election cycle, the word reparations was out there, right? Mm-hmm. And Democratic candidates were being asked about reparations and their feelings about reparations. And this is all about sort of honestly looking back at American history and then looking forward and being able to atone, but not in a not in a white guilt kind of way, but in a like, no, we need to actually move forward with this knowledge of our, our the, the you know our horrifying history, genocide, slavery, et cetera. Given that, it, like taking reparations and putting that into like the native struggle, like what is the equivalent of reparations when it comes to indigenous rights? Is it just making good on treaties? Like just not <laughs> lying all the time? Like what, you know what I mean? Like, like what would be that one sort of, like this is how we atone and move forward. Give the land back. That land back straight up. There's look, we there are millions and millions of acres of land that mm-hmm. the federal government is in control of open and a lot of that's adjacent to native land, the native tribal peoples, uh tribal communities, there are reservations and there are numerous places in this country right now where it's just simply a matter of changing over the title back to the communities in which who are already are inhabiting in it uh, yeah. or who have lived there since time immemorial. So that's a tremendous step. And, that, and that's in line with the conversation on reparations. There's, there does need to be a really, I think, more nuanced conversation between indigenous and black communities about uh, uh, reparations and land back and indigenous rights. And yeah. I think that we're ready for that. We're not, mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's something for us to be terrified or scared of or hesitant. I think it needs to happen, but that should not hold us back from really asking for it, for demanding it. I, I think yeah. that, well, that's, the, that's the part about this whole conversation. What, you know, given everything that's happened in the past five, six months, it's the beautiful part. This is the part that feeds me, it keeps me going, is that people are saying to themselves, oh shit. We can actually demand that and actually get results. Right, right, right. Oh yes. shit! You know, we, yeah. this doesn't have to remain a side conversation around the dinner table or in the car with your cousin when you're saying, "Oh shit!" You know, would be awesome is if you know they defunded the police. You know, be yeah. awesome is if fuck we had more more social service programs that would actually help us rather than just send us in the pipeline right up to prison. You know, yeah. those those that conversation 
there's actual tangible results having that in the public space right now. And that's what feeds me, especially within within the scope of indigenous rights. Yeah. I mean, just recently, a lot of folks, I don't know if people in the mainstream really understood this, the Supreme Court decision where they decided that, or where they made a decision and ruled in favor of the Creek Nation or the, the tribe down in Oklahoma mm -hmm. and said, look, we never dissolved this. There, no one ever dissolved your reservation. All that land is still technically yours. That's still yeah. technically Indian land. And it caused so much controversy in Oklahoma because that's the heart of like the, that's the one of the Republican hearts of this country. Yep. And this idea that they no longer have jurisdiction on some things was so terrifying for them. And we're seeing real life, like just ongoing conversation about what that means, but it just shows you what is possible. Yeah. That's what's amazing mm -hmm. right now. Yeah. Andrew Martin on uh, YouTube asks you a, a, a question I think that many people have, but and it sounds basic, but I know you can answer it, which is what what would you do with the land? What you have the land back, what do you do with it? I I am speaking for all Native Americans, the Native American. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing, is I can't answer that. Yeah. Every community has they, they are gonna answer that. They're, like you can't say, hey. You one person, what are you going to do with it? Because I, uh, we can't do that. I can't just answer for like the 568 distinct sovereign nations in this country. I can't answer the question for them. But my hope is, or actually my firm belief is that they have everything within their power to decide something better than what is currently happening right now. Yeah. The, having hope and, and faith and self-determination for communities to decide what's going on. And what's impacting their bodies, what's impacting their water, what's impacting their 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 food. Like, let's give that empower, let's empower people of color, indigenous peoples in, in, the, in, in the context of this conversation to decide for themselves mm -hmm. what is the best path forward. Mm -hmm. and, I think that sorry, yeah. go ahead. No, no I just think that we have a proven track record. We we did fucking pretty damn well, you know, for a long ass time until it got all jacked up by settlers. <laughs> I mean, this is, that's exactly what I was just going to add is like, and this is sort of the work that I know you do and the work that so many, um, you know, whether it's water protectors in, uh, in North Dakota, um, or in the Amazon, which is when you protect the rights of indigenous people, you protect the environment. Like that is one in the same. So let's imagine, you know, if you're just trying to like survive, you should give land back to native peoples because they understand and know how to take care of it and be custodians of it and not burn it all to the ground, dig it all up, uh, make sure that this river no longer gives you, you know, fish or this forest no longer gives you wood. Um, I remember years ago, uh, I organized a conference called the Life After Capitalism Conference in 2004. Uh, I am older than I look. Um, and 65, 65 years old. I am actually 57. And uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know how to speak Italian, but this uh, this awesome uh, th this um, Native American activist in or not Native American Canadian activist, Art Manuel. I'm sure you know, know of him. Yeah, he passed away in 2017, but he he's amazing. And he gave an opening ceremony speech on every day of this conference. And he said something to me, which was like, look, any idiot can like chop down a whole forest and like make money off of it. It's 
people who are smart, <laughs> it's native people who know how to chop down a fourth of the forest, some of the forest, sell that and have it all grow back. And then you're fine. And hey, this is li a literal money tree. We know how to keep this land profitable and not just but profitable, fuck, like alive. So yeah, without sounding, you know. <laughs> I, I want to add just one last thing. Art, I'm happy you brought up Art Manuel. He's amazing. You should check out his writing. He did pass away. His daughter is a fucking amazing, badass activist organizer who's literally living in a tiny home on the route of a pipeline that's crossing through her territory called Trans Mountain Pipeline. So if you want to check it out, learn about, type in Tiny House Warriors, and they literally have house tiny houses on the pipeline route and holding yeah. off like some racist ass fuckers who are threatening their lives. Definitely support them. But there's something Art Manuel always said is we have to stop crying on the shoulders of the people who, who stole our land. And it's this conversation about like, we can't believe in a system that is designed to uphold white supremacy to save us. Mm -hmm. that's yeah. absolutely like the core belief and if the that's why that's why i'm like whether it's a democrat or a republican in the white house is the yeah. system really is it really challenging or dismantling white supremacy that's the question yeah for sure <sighs> dallas you're wonderful please come back uh i want to talk so much more with you we got to move on to our final segment we teased it in the beginning you guys, we're doing DNC speeches. So the Democratic National Convention is happening this week on the Internet. It'll be a very awkward series of Zoom conversations. I'm looking forward to it. I know there's going to be some great after parties where people will be trying to, like, give out their cards virtually. And... Uh, a lot of uh, consultants <laughs> getting new jobs off of that. And a lot of, it'll be good. It'll be a good virtual conversation. Um, the lowlights are that Michael Bloomberg is speaking. The highlights are that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez representative is speaking, but only for 60 seconds. The time she was given was 60 seconds. Now, I think that's a big fucking mistake. Cute. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, even just from a branding perspective, like you have very little, like you don't know what people want. You don't know how to talk to people. Uh, you, you're trying to energize and just browbeat young people into voting uh, as if that works. You have this incredible upstart, the most popular politician in the country. Second, I think first, maybe neck and neck with Bernie Sanders who you also hate and you're giving her 60 seconds. She could get, she could do a 20 minute like rousing opener and you know, she's going to vote Biden, you know, cause she's strategic. She's smart, but no, you're giving her 60 fucking seconds. So in honor of AOC's only 60 seconds, I was going to ask you all, Jason and Dallas, what would you say in 60 seconds at the DNC if you were given that time and I, I know it's a lot of pressure, but I'm going to be timing you. Oh my God. I am ready. Are you second? I will second. Okay. I will go third. Okay. Okay. All right. Ready? Three, two, one, go. 
To the left, to the left, everything you own in a box to the left. In the closet, that's my stuff. If I bought it, please don't touch. You know, you, you keep talking that mess, it's fine. But could you walk and talk at the same time, Trump? It's my name that's on that jag. So hang up your coat and let me call you a cab. <laughs> don't you ever for a second get to thinking, I'm irreplaceable. You've got 30 seconds. Go on to the medley. And if, oh, damn, what's the rest of the song? <laughs> <laughs> Show everything. everything. How about, How about I'll be, be nothing? nothing look, look. Nothing okay, or, and I'll be to you. Good. There you go. There you go. You can make any Beyonce song a speech. I'm telling you, any Beyonce song a speech. That is my favorite Beyonce song. We've got seven, five seconds left. Anything? Um. Uh. Oh. Oh. Damn. You know what? Vote Biden. <laughs> beautiful. Beautiful. My my timer went off. <laughs> You checked all the marks. You marked all the we boxes. Beyonce and Biden in the same thing. Uh, someone saying backup in a weird moment. Um, that was my Facebook politics profile file for a while. It was like, where do you stand politically? And it was to the left of the left, uh, which only those who know know. And I love that. Great song, irreplaceable. Dallas, do you want me to go or you want to go? That's too much pressure. Look, all right, ready? I'll go. Ready? Three, two, one. 60 seconds are on the clock. I got 60 seconds. What the fuck am I going to say that's going to change your mind? All right? Look, just fucking try to be a better human being and at least just vote for this guy, this white guy. I know. Look, look. I know he's white. Give. I'm not going to say give him a chance, but just do it because the other white guy is a fucking douchebag. And um, you know what? Why am I even here? I'm native. Like, what the fuck am I even doing here? Like, they picked me, but yes. I'm I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much for being here and uh, give the land back if you want to do something good. Um, and you know, all for Black Liberation. I love you all in this house, even though we're not in a house right now. You're in your house, probably in the room that you masturbate in. But <laughs> we're not gonna go there. Look, this world can be so much better, and you are a part of it. So thank you for trying to be a better person and just just you know vote for Biden. Thank you. Thank you, so thank you for being a friend. No, 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 no. Your pitch for love, Dallas. Yeah, yeah. That's my pitch. That's how actually I got my wife. I was the same conversation, the same thing. And it worked. So it worked for my marriage. It'll work for this country's marriage. Man, I'm native. Just just, you know, I know you got white guy choices out there and just, you know, hey, settle for me, you know, <laughs> settle, settle, for, for, settle for me is definitely a good slogan. Um, that is how Biden got his wife to say yes. Uh, come on, man. I, uh, come on. <laughs> Here's the deal, Jack. We're going to get married. We're going to go down the chapel. You're going to say, yes, I do. And then we're going to have a party, okay? And there's going to be shrimps. And uh, we're going to dance the 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 tango or whatever. Or, you know, we're going to do the, the limbo. One of the things with bows. And then okay? he goes, come here. Come here. Come here. Let me smell you. All right. I'll be a great president. Okay. Here's my speech. Blah, blah, blah from Jessica Fiorentini. Amazing. Yay. Thank you. Um, hello, Big Tent Party. Um, how are you? Uh, even though we are on Zoom, 
someone farted in here and I can smell it and I know who you are. Um, why is the mean age in this room water aerobics? Everything about that? Look to the person to your left and to your right. Chances are um, they remember the storming the beaches of Normandy, um, which we might need to do again because fascism is real and so is white supremacy. And uh, I don't know if we're ready to take that on. 20 seconds. Um, look, guys, there's two kinds of bad drivers in the world. There's uh, assholes and idiots. Democrats are idiots. They don't mean to kill your whole family, but they do. They're not really assholes about it, but you need to be better. Watch where you're going. Use your mirrors. Um, uh, also, don't fall for phishing emails. And uh, who killed Epstein? Someone here knows, okay? <laughs> Fuck <laughs> Private chat. All right. That was nice. <laughs> so good. Yay. Yeah. Guys, let us know in the comments what you would do with 60 seconds uh, at the DNC, at the convention. And that has been the Bituation Room. Holy shit. Jason Carter, Dallas Goldtooth. Thank you so much. Jason, how can the people find your work and follow you? You can find me on Disney Plus. Black is King. No, no um, <laughs> you, can, you can find me on Instagram at Jason Carter Official. Also on Twitter at JJC Forever, not forever, forever the word. And it's been a pleasure hanging out with you, Dallas and Francesca. So fun. And yeah, that speech, I, I'd, vote, I'd vote both of you for those both speeches. Those were incredible. Thank you. Um, Thank take you. care, Jason. Dallas, what about you? Uh, you can find me across the social media platforms under dallas goldtooth and um yeah check out our organization i work for is the indigenous environmental network across the streams as well support our work support indigenous frontline communities fighting for environmental justice and i'm so happy to be here so i'm actually really excited that you asked me i felt a little like oh like this is the big time like kind of thing here so thank you it, francesca youtube is the big time this is the big time, me and this fake green background. If you're listening as a podcast, there's a fake green background. Dallas, you're great. Uh, and this has been The Bituation Room. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for your comments. Thank you for your tips. TBR-Live, TBR Live on Cash App. First one was Venmo. We're donating to reclaim our vote. Thank you to Becca Roofer, just a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful producer who's helped me put this entire show together and put it on. Uh, and remember... Request your ballots. Know when you're voting. Make a plan to vote. Don't just bitch about it. Be about it, okay? I want to be able to bitch with you after November, no matter what happens. Uh, also vote because John Lewis took a bat to the head for our right to vote. And uh, we should owe him at least the courtesy of making our way to the polls. Uh, obviously, I'm a socialist. Obviously, I believe in revolution. I believe in systemic overhaul. I'm a Bernie babe at heart but I will vote for Biden and Harris in November um, because the alternative is this. They need that money in order to have the post office work so it can take all of these millions and millions of ballots. Now, if we don't make a deal, that means they don't get the money. That means they can't have universal mail-in voting. Buy stamps, y'all. Bye.